To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line brought to you by Xeno Media. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, welcome to ACB Home, Garden, and Agriculture. I'm Deborah. I am a continuing master gardener through the University of Idaho, and this is where we talk about living sustainably, keeping animals, and growing plants. I'm really super excited to have Zelda back with us today. She's going to be talking about growing raspberries, and we might touch on growing other berries, too. We'll see how it goes. I just want to make a couple of announcements before I start chatting with Zelda. Uh, We will be taking your calls. So feel free to raise your hand. Um, We have Donna here who is hosting for us, and she will let us know if you have your hand raised. We really encourage you to contribute your knowledge and and your questions. That's valued by us. Uh, Also, if you want to follow up with anything that you hear or want to contact me, uh, the email address is acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you are interested in sharing on a future call. Um, We do monthly calls the second Saturday of each month. I'm particularly interested in finding somebody who might want to talk about chickens or bees, or who maybe makes some kind of income from uh, what you raise yourself. Uh, Also, upcoming next month in March, we're going to have a horticulturalist come come on and talk about herbs and herb lore. And then in April, we will have the very popular barge come back to talk to us more about gardening. So um, a lot coming up. So um, without further ado, I am going to introduce Zelda, who is keeping warm and going to talk to us about raspberries. Hi, Zelda. Hi, Deborah. I'm so glad to be with everyone today. Um, and thank you for asking me to, to be um, on this session. Um, I can't think of anything better to think about um, than growing things as we sit here. I'm from North Dakota, and we have below zero temperatures right now. So I'm dreaming about warmer days um, to come. And I, I'd kind of like to start off with just a, an overview of of raspberries. What is a raspberry? We've probably all eaten raspberries, but um, maybe don't know a whole lot about them. 
Um, the raspberry is a delightful fresh fruit um, and it can be used in jams and jellies, juices and, and or just plain eaten alone. That's my favorite way to do it. Um, not only are raspberries delicious, but they're also low in calories. So all you dieters out there, there's 60 calories per cup and they're a rich source of dietary fiber and antioxidants. Uh, raspberries contain beneficial minerals like potassium, mag manganese, um, copper, iron, and magnesium. They're also rich in vitamin K um, and vitamin C and vitamin E. So they're pretty good little things. They, they, they not only taste good, but they're good for us. So Zelda, do you grow raspberries? I do. When we moved to, we live on a small acreage, and um, when we moved here, we moved in in January, by the way, and uh, as the snow melted that year, um, we found that we had lots of fruit in our yard, and part of that was raspberries. We have a 40-foot-long, um, I can't call them a row because it's become quite a patch. Uh, it's about um, probably about 14 foot wide and 40 foot long. So it's it's pretty substantial um, patch. And it was already there, um, already planted. Um, don't know what kind of variety it is. They are red raspberries and they do bear fruit uh, here in North Dakota. We're in zone three. And they bear fruit in um, early July. So they're the once-bearing. They um, are the once-bearing. Yeah. And thank and heavens they like are. They suckered up. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's plenty for you. They, they yeah, do. Raspberries can, can come, you can get the once-bearing and the, um, the twice. The Great. Well, I, yeah. I don't know if I could handle um, picking them all summer. <laughs> Because <laughs> it, it tends to be a harvest and then we're ready to be done picking them. So um, raspberries, you know, can be found in gardens all over the world. So it really doesn't matter where you live. There is a type of raspberry that you can grow. Um, and um, they, they're, they might be just what you want to add to your backyard garden. And what do you do with your raspberries? Well, like I say, I um, what I'm dreaming about today is the that July morning when I go out and I see, see the first red ones and I pick a handful and bring them back into the house, rinse them off and, and throw them on my cereal. Or I might just pop them in my mouth when I'm outside. You know, I, I like to eat them fresh. Um, I do make lots of jam. Um, the, the first year when we moved here and we had even more raspberries than what we have right now, we have reduced our patch. Um, I had raspberries coming out of my ears. And so I um, invited my ladies group from church to come out and we had a jam session. No music allowed. It was all about, we picked raspberries until we had enough to start making jam. And then we sold. Oh, that sounds Great. Yes, yeah. we sold jam at our um, at our fall bazaar that year, and mm. so it was a money maker for our, our ladies' church group, and it was a lot of fun. So, are your raspberries thornless, or do you have the kind with thorns? Well, actually, I think 
none of them actually have thorns. They have stickers, um, which, you know, are not, um, they're not as abrasive as thorns, um, but they can, they can be irritating. So when I pick them, I, I like to put on a, uh, an old dress shirt of my husband's it has long sleeves that protects me too, because we, Generally, when uh, it's harvest time, uh, we have mosquitoes around, <laughs> and so it helps protect me from that. But I get fine little scratches on on my arms and on my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've grown a one that is totally sticker free called Candy before, mm-hmm. okay. and because of the way I pick berries as a blind person, <laughs> I really found the that variety to be um, nice. It, it was a nice wine friendly variety to grow. That because sounds it can good. be really, it can be really painful to pick um, raspberries by feel. Um, and I just ordered a variety that's also supposed to be good for containers. I, I can't vouch for how good it is, but it's through Rain Tree Nursery, and it's called um, Raspberry Shortcake, and it, it it's supposed to be thornless and good to put either in containers or um, grow in the ground without staking. So that without staking part really attracted is, me too, because that is a good you idea. Usually, have to have some kind of wire or something to grow them on. Right, and we don't. Um, we oh. we let some of the old canes um, be the support for the the growing canes and the bearing canes, um, and and I, I do like the idea. And I have read that that people can um, can container grow raspberries. I just don't have any personal experience doing that. Um, but they raspberries grow happily. Um, you know, in the right circumstances, and they're and they're one of the most popular berries to grow, second only to strawberries. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of new gardeners are surprised to find out just just how easy they are to to grow. Um, and I I did read also, and I haven't tried this, but I may. Um, usually, when you pick the raspberries, it's good to take your non-dominant hand and maybe put a light gardening glove on it. And as as the raspberries um, develop, the, the berries themselves, um, it kind of brings the cane down. So oftentimes you'll have to bring the cane up and you can do that with your gloved hand. So if there are, you know, those little stickers, um, you will have a little bit of protection with that non-dominant hand. And then with your dominant hand, you can um, put your your hand. I like to to cut my hand underneath the cluster of berries because I find if I don't, I'm going to drop one and I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, but if I cut my hand underneath that cluster and then take my thumb and my forefinger and pull down on the berries, and they're really they're really good for people who cannot see them because uh, you can tell by the feel um, when. When they, because um, the green ones will be smaller, and um, they are also of a different firmness. They're more firm. They get a little softer as they get ripe. And then, if you pull gently on it, 
and it comes off, you know that was a ripe one because they, yes. the the center stays behind, is still hanging on on the stalk, um, and and if it doesn't come off, you know it's not quite ready. So yeah, I, I find them very yep, yep, yep. I find them very easy to to delineate that way. They are much easier than strawberries that way as a blind gardener. Yeah, I, I think it's so a lot too. easier to tell when they're ripe. Right. Now, I've never grown the the um, black, uh, or nor have I. Don't even know if I've even tried the black or the yellow or the purple varieties. Have you ever I tried the different? I've, yeah, I've just had experience with the red ones, and actually, they say the yellow mm-hmm. ones aren't aren't a specific variety. They they're red, but they just don't have the red pigment to them. I don't ah, know if that's true or okay. not, but yeah, we've had this same raspberry patch for twenty five years. It it nice. just keeps rejuvenating itself. It's not like one mm-hmm. of those you know plants that we plant in the garden that we have to buy every year. Um, it. It keeps coming from the roots and sends up new suck, suckers, you know, and takes so. care of itself. So, right. do you do you prune at all, or do you, it sounds like you're using the, the old canes as support? Do you do any pruning at all? Not a lot, and and that's because. Okay. One thing we we live in the country, and I'm not really worried about the neighbors looking over the fence and saying, "Wow, they got a mess over there." Um, I I kind of let them do their natural thing. Um, other than my husband's really good about um, you know about pulling the weeds out and and cutting off any volunteer like elm trees or whatever that that grow up in amongst the the raspberries because okay. they. They like lots of moisture and, and they don't want competition for that moisture. I do know that um, pruning the once a year bearing raspberries, typically the advice is to prune off the the canes that have borne fruit that year because they bear fruit on the second year wood. Right. Um, but the twice a year ones, um, what I used to do with those is I would just prune them down to the ground every spring and I would only get one crop because it would it would bear fruit on the first year w- wood for the twice a year blooming one. Oh, okay. But okay. I but it all it was easier to manage, but I also reduced my production that way. But the it but having kind of a, a wild patch is working really well for you. It really that, does. That works really well. Yeah. 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 And we, and we have our grow in the wild too. Yes, <laughs> they yeah. do. They do and compete with grass and everything else. Um, they mm-hmm. do grow best in, in full light, in full sun. Um, they, they will tolerate some shade, but they'll give you more berries if they have, you know, no competition for the sun. Um, our patch is located in the middle of our garden. We have a large garden. And so we till on all sides of it. Um, that helps with any, any problems with any grass encroaching in. Um, because like I said, that patch has been there for 25 years. Um, and, and so that's that's one way we kind of um, manage it too. If they get outside that certain area, they kind of get t- tilled up. Um, so oh, that that helps 
contain them because they can right. sneak around with the suckering. Yeah. Definitely. So Donna, do we have anybody who wants uh, to ask a question? I was just going to tell you, we do. Okay. We have- All right. Um, this is Marge. Just a, a contribution here. Um, we uh, did grow raspberries when when I lived in Minneapolis. Down here, it's blackberries and blueberries because the raspberries aren't aren't a tasty variety. Not anything as good as growing them up north. But I know in Minneapolis that our patch um, things would spread, and other people's patches as well. When you're talking about a more limited urban space, often sort of between garages, people would have them. You really do have to prune because yes. there, there's all this dead wood that gets in there and they just will be smothered um, before right. too long. If they And we would see that, these patches that hadn't been maintained and they couldn't bear after a while because it was well, just so much dead wood and crap true. in there. And, and there needs to be some air movement. So if, if yes. they get too... too um, too dense of, of the foliage, there isn't that air movement and you, you get a chance of, of having like viruses actually in, in there um, that will, will uh, impede their growth also. Yes, in the first year of growth with the kind that I have that are, that are the once bearing, um, there, um, there are the vegetative or the, um, the canes that do not have fruit on them and, and those are called, um, Oh, I think they're prime, prime, primacanes, the primacanes. Yes. And, Uh and then the next year, the primacanes that grew last year are the floricanes and they're the ones that, that have the flowers and will have the fruit. Um, And, and that's, um, and actually the, the raspberries are from the, the, the rubus uh, genus and, and they are called brambles. so that's a little and they're, bit. They're, the pruning is very similar to blackberries too. Um, the, yeah. the the blackberries bear on the second year wood. Mm-hmm. I just ordered a blackberry that's supposed to, it's thornless and it's yeah. supposed to bear on the first year wood. So I'm curious to see how that one works out. Um, I, and again with blackberries, I stick with thornless. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait, that's, that's what we're using. Yeah. What kind yeah. do you use, Marge? What kind of blackberries are you well, growing? Well, they were, um, it, it, this is like all these varieties got named after Indian tribes, you know, so mm-hmm. you've probably um, seen that. But um, we have um, Arapahos, Navajos, and Natchez. Mm-hmm. Are the three varieties currently that we have, and we can and add more. I'm trying to get more to March. Where do you grow live? from suckers? Uh, Savannah, Georgia. Oh, okay. All right. A lot yeah, of I'm not sure. Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, we have Eve who has a I'm, question. Okay. okay, go for it. Eve. Thank you, Marge. Sure. I can't. You're you're unmuted, Eve. Oh, are you are. Am I? No. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you okay. we hear you. <laughs> we hear you yeah. fine. Uh, I'm sorry. I had a phone call coming in right at that same moment, and I couldn't get that cleared out to get to the buttons. Oh. Um, so I have a, a question. We just purchased some land in southern Arizona that we're opening a sanctuary on, and we want to try and be as self-sustainable as possible. So, you know, all fruit trees and edible things and lots of berry bushes because many of the animals that we will have eat berries um 
And I'm wondering, you know, they're definitely going to get sunlight and um, watering, I'm guessing, is going to have to be a chore. But is there particular things that need to be done to the soil? I mean, there are certain things that will help them thrive. And are there some kinds of berries that would not work in this area besides raspberries? I mean... You know, I, I'm just going to focus on the raspberries. I'll let Deborah speak about the other. But yes, um, planning where you're going to plant your berries is very important. And and other than the the need that they have for the sun, and like you say, you're not going to have a problem with that. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that they get good air movement. Um, you know, as Marge said, some people plant them between garages or, you know, alongside a building, which would cut down on some of that. Um, and they don't really want to be exposed, exposed. Um, they don't want to be um, where the wind can really get at them too. So they're, you know, they're not real finicky, but but those are some of their, their favorite things. We all have our favorite things. And um, so that um, any well-drained soil, and I imagine you don't have a problem with that, um, but as far as watering goes, that's going to be an issue because they need about an inch and a half of water a week. So if you don't get that, you know, falling from yeah. the sky, you're going to need to provide that. And I would suggest you would do like a, a soaker hose kind of down at the base of it um, because you don't really want to get that moisture up above on on the on the branches themselves um, because you don't want a virus or a fungus to start growing on on the leaves. So if you could um, water it from below, that would be a okay. good a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, much of the soil here in Arizona is, I mean, what you remember from the old movies and cartoons, it's it's desert sand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, you probably really want to amend that soil with some good compost, a good thick layer of compost too, to help it be able to hold the um, nutrients yeah. and moisture, mm-hmm. especially with berries. They, they love moisture. Um, you're, I bet you're going to have real alkaline soil. So blackberries, I, I mean, uh, blueberries probably would, that would not be a good choice. Um, I have that problem where I live too in the desert. And um, raspberries aren't they like real- acidic. Yeah, they're not real finicky about the, the, the pH. Um, yeah. They do, do like yeah. it a little little more acidic. Um, but but um, they'll take alkaline. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the other thing you could do is um, you can contact your county extension agency mm-hmm. and oh. ask for um, if they have uh, a brochure or if they can advise you on particular varieties or go to a local nursery that people tend to trust. And um, I I would avoid the big box stores. Go to a local nursery where they really seem to know your local conditions Mm -hmm. and ask for advice about what varieties of berries work well in in that area. And you could also... um see if if there are any local farmers that would um, allow you to to uh, help them clean out some of the 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 manure uh, you know from their from their yards you know that that makes a good um, not only um, compost type thing for your uh, to amend your soil but 
to to also fertilize because um, they they really respond to some nitrogen fertilizer also. Okay. What kind right, of sanctuary you. are what kind of sanctuary are you looking at? It's mostly we we do wildlife rescue and have been doing that for many years, and so we're okay. expanding. Um, to have room for more of the non-releasables. Uh, we do raccoons, fox, uh, oh. possum, uh, hmm. birds of prey, and then we're going to have room for rescued domestics such as cows and chickens and, cool. and all of those. Oh, so that are you'll, you'll, have your, you'll have, you'll your, have own your own compost. compost. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So you, oh, the, the, the raccoons will love the raspberries. <laughs> yeah, and that that's oh, where yes. the, most of them are going to be kind of like on at fence lines and Mm -hmm. um, we figure like 10 feet in front of each enclosure to kind of shield them a little bit. But with the raccoons, I figured on the side of each one so they can reach through and grab because we want them to rehabilitate and learn how to be able to forage. Forage. Yes. Yes. That sounds like a wonderful idea. The other berry you might look at is growing some service berries. There are some really nice varieties of service berries that work well in yards. I have several bushes and my chickens know when those berries are ready. The, the bush, the big bush outside their pen, that's the best one. They know when, when those berries are ready. It's just once a year. And anytime I'm near that bush, they all start squawking at me and they want me to pick them and bring them over. So I service berries would be really great with a lot of your animals. The foxes would love them. The foxes what do those would taste love, like? Um, they taste like a bland blueberry. Oh. But they're they should do well there. I, I'm assuming they will do well there. It's worth checking into. Okay. Um it's it's a it's it's another berry you might check out would be um, elderberries for the chickens. Now, elderberries are poisonous to some animals, so you have to be kind of careful. Uh, like if goats eat them, you don't want goats eating the canes. But mm-hmm. um, chickens can eat just about anything, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. But some of those, if you grow thornless blackberries and raspberries, when you prune, you can feed um, the canes and some of the, um, you know, some of the stuff you prune off can go to some of your rescue animals, especially if you end up rescuing goats and rabbits. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of ways you can integrate growing berries with um, keeping your animals. The, the rabbits oh, are definitely. sometimes a, a pest and, and might have to be fenced out from raspberries if, if you, if they're, you know, if you don't want them there. Oh, they will they, have yes. their own habitats. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and deer can be quite an issue. I don't, I don't know what it's like in your area, but they yeah, there's sure no like the berry patches. Okay. No, we, so we, have plenty of, we have plenty of deer, <laughs> but uh, we have a dog that um, barks and, and keeps them out of the out of the yard. So no, we will have javelinas and cougars and mountain goats and coyotes. Uh, but. Wow. Sounds yeah, like you, quite an adventure. Yeah, it does. You yeah. will you keep us post posted because I, it, it would be wonderful to hear more about what you're doing. That's fantastic. Sure, sure. Yeah. 
So Definitely. if somebody's wanting to to um to to plant some raspberries, you know, like like Deborah said, go to go to a local nursery or, you know, order them from a, a respected um, site and and make sure that they're suited for your your area. And and then when you get them, you'll want to take um, they either come two ways, you know, potted or or bare root, and you'll want to soak them briefly in a in a bucket of water before you plant them. You just have the soil all prepared, tilled, and amended with whatever you need to do to make it um, a good, well drained soil, and and then you will want to. Um, Dig a small hole and and plant with with the roots spread spread out, you know, as so that you take them if they're in a little ball and spread them out, and they'll they'll get off to a running start that way. Um, yeah, that they are really easy to grow. I, I you've said that, but mm-hmm. they can become almost like a weed, so it's really they worth can. giving them a try. Um, yeah. I do. We do have where I live, where the soil is alkaline, uh, we do have a little bit of an issue with iron deficiency in um, raspberries. And a lot, of, a lot of people end up having to supplement. I, I never did, uh, but some people do. So it's something to keep in mind um, that mm-hmm. if you start getting yellowing leaves, that could be an iron issue. Um, but you know everybody's area is a little different. I I can't imagine growing in zone three, Zelda. I just <laughs> I, I'm well, they, so they do very they do very well, and and we really don't have trouble with with winter kale. And that's another reason why we don't prune severely. Is you know we we may have a a winter like this winter where we don't have a a lot of snow to 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 insulate them from the cold that we're experiencing this week. Um, and, and we might have more winter kill next year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so leaving them just to their own devices has worked really well for us. Yeah. So mother nature prunes for you too. Mm-hmm. A bit. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to bring up a couple of other berries. Unless, do, uh, Donna, do we have anybody else who wants to say something? There are no hands at the moment. Okay. Um, I Strawberries are really fun to grow, too. They, they do really well in containers. Um, there are all different... There are strawberry towers. There are a lot of different choices for how to grow strawberries or in the ground. And there are different kinds of strawberries. There are little alpine strawberries. I've grown those. They're super sweet and delicious. They're little tiny, like little wild looking strawberries. They're very good, but it would take forever to pick enough to make anything. Um, those are biannual and um, they receive themselves. Uh, they die after the second year, but they do receive themselves and they can be really fun. And then we have the more traditional looking strawberries, you know, the big, bigger strawberries that we get in the store. And those can be once June bearing where you get one big crop a year, or you, there is a day neutral that grows, that bears pretty much um, throughout the season. And then you can get an ever bear, which grow, um, has two primary harvests. 
So there are mm-hmm. a few different kinds. And um, a lot of times they do come bare root too. Um, mine that I have, I got a pack of 25 bare root and they look pathetic when you get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just, <laughs> just, they look terrible. You, you, you plant them with faith and, and knowing yes. that, yeah. Yeah, you're like, what is this stick with all the strings hanging off of it? I can't <laughs> believe right. this will. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty miraculous when it starts to to get green leaves once you put them Absolutely. in the ground and watered them. Yeah. yeah. So you soak them, if you get them bare root, you soak them, you um, plant them, and you do not want to cover the crown because if you cover the crown, um, you're there. that's a no-no. You want to keep the crown uncovered and they they really they can become a weed too they they mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. they're really good at sending out runners and mm-hmm. and multiplying i find about every four years i have to like um set a new a new part of my bed of strawberries um you know plant mm-hmm. a new bed and and um i just i simply dig up some of the 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 ones that have grown too close to one another and, and move them over uh, to their own space. Do you know what variety you're growing? That too, we inherited when we bought the place. Um, so I'm not okay. sure. It, it is a June bearer. And I'm very thankful for that because they will bear first. And just as they're done bearing, then, then my raspberries start. Otherwise, you know, I could be picking, you know, I would have too much to be picking. Um, so mm-hmm. they kind of take turns, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can see the advantages of those once a year, mm-hmm. big bumper crops. Right. I have the, um, I have the day neutral and I have them planted out by a sidewalk. I live on a walking path to a school and I love hearing the kids. Stopping oh, and picking the strawberries. <laughs> yeah, they get so, and I'm, you know, I'm not like, no, don't touch my strawberries. I, I deliberately plant stuff out there because it's so cute to hear them. Yeah, they, they are delighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they made a discovery. Like little treasures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, but, back to to harvesting raspberries. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just recommend, and and I do this even in North Dakota because we get some really hot days in in July. Um, picking them early in the morning, um, both mm-hmm. for your comfort mm-hmm. and and for the sake of the raspberries, because um, they're very delicate berries. And, you know, they're hollow because as you pull them off, as we said, the center stays there on the on on the cane, and. Um, and you also want to pick them and drop them in a shallow container. You don't want to put them in a bucket, so to speak, because they get um, they the top ones will crush the ones that are underneath. Um, but I I pick them early in the morning, and and I I wear a hat and and uh, like I say, it's 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 for my comfort as well as the berries um, do better that way. And then immediately bring them into the house. And put them in the refrigerator and get them cooled down. You don't want to wash them all at that time. You wash them as you want to eat them. And you don't want to try and keep them for more than a couple of days. Um, If you have more than you're going to be eating in the next day or two, you want to 
go ahead and freeze them. And they're very easy to freeze. All you do is is um, rinse them off. And as as somebody who can't see the bugs, um, I we do get a little. Um, Oh, it's it's a beetle. I think they they call them a sap beetle. It's a little black beetle, and I I I wash them, and then I have my husband look them over to make sure that I got you know all of the bugs out, um, and and then put them um, dry, the, you know, let them drain good in a colander, and and then put them out on a. Uh, like a jelly roll pan that has some sides to it. And then I slip that into the freezer and freeze them in a single layer. That way, once they're mm. frozen, I can, I can dump them into um, my Ziploc bags. And, and that way, they're not frozen to one another. Um, and I can take out, um, I can put them in a gallon bag and take out a cup or two or three or whatever it is that I want to, want to be using. Uh, that, that's great. So you can uh, reduce your dependence. You don't have to have a jillion different little pint bags in there. You can no. just no. freeze and them I, in bulk that way. Right, right. That way, if I want to mm-hmm. make muffins and I just need a cup, um, I can mm-hmm. just take a cup out. Or if I want to make a big batch of jam, you know, I might use the whole thing. Uh, another way we like to use it in our family, in fact, it's become a family favorite. I make a, a raspberry swirl cheesecake and I, I uh, cook up a raspberry sauce and you put half of the cheesecake mixture in your pan and you make concentric circle and put um, the, the raspberry in that and put the rest of your uh, cheesecake mixture on top and do another concentric circle. And then you take a knife and draw through it. And it it's lovely and it's, it's very good. In fact, three of my four sons, when they got married for the groom's supper, um, they wanted us to serve raspberry syrup cheesecake for dessert wow. <laughs> by oh, request. Yeah. So right. you you will make jam with your frozen raspberries? Yes. Too. Well, yes, because at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's in July. I don't want to heat up the house and, and I'm probably <laughs> out there picking raspberries, you know. So, yes, I will make it. I've I've made it both ways from the fresh berries and from the frozen berries. Okay, and it sounds like we might have another call. We do. Sorry, I didn't mean to clear my throat like that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's I'm, how I'm, we know. Great. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm usually <laughs> muted until I see it. Miss um, Liz would like to speak. Hi, um, when, hi, Liz. Hi, hi there. When I um, buy a lot of berries and I want to freeze them, I have big square containers. Um, I buy spinach in them. They're big plastic containers with tops, and they're like rectangular kind of. And they they have the the store sells them for fresh spinach. So when I get mm-hmm. done with the spinach, I save those, and then when I freeze the berries. It is possible to do them in a single layer, but a lot of times what I do is I wash them and I drain them in a colander to make sure I'm not putting in any more liquid than necessary. And mm-hmm. then I pack them in um, either the sandwich size Ziplocs or the little snack Ziplocs, depending on the kind of berries they are. Like blueberries, I might want to pack in smaller things or something or raspberries. I could just take a, like a little snack back out, pack out and use them for making muffins or use them to put in a, a serving of yogurt or something or, uh, or, or strawberries. I do the same thing. And then I can defrost them. And this morning I had um, strawberries from last June that I just defrosted a little snack back up, pack of, 
And you can pack those all into the square container and then freeze that. And the thing is, that way I can stack the containers in my chest freezer and it works out really well. And by that the way, that's you label. Pardon me? Yeah, well, I label, what I do is I usually take a Ziploc bag. Yeah, I can label the outside, but they can get wet. So, yes, mm-hmm. I can label it with a Braille label, but I also take a Ziploc bag and I put a label, a Braille label inside with just, um, you know, on paper and put it in the Ziploc bag and put that on top of my bags in the container itself in case. What a good uh, idea. Oh, that's a great idea. But frankly, you can kind of open up. You can tell. You can feel. You know what they are. Very identifiable. Mm -hmm. Strawberries, raspberries, blueberries. The raspberries, maybe not so much, but the blueberries are just fine. And um, mm-hmm. blueberries actually don't even stick together with the snack pack. So you can you can take them out and sprinkle them over the top of a coffee cake mm-hmm. or in your muffin mix or on your yogurt in February when there's mm-hmm. no blueberries. We got 20 inches of snow out here. So there are no- <laughs> Where are you from, Lisa? Um, it's, it's Liz and I'm a couple, Liz. I'm about an hour and a half south of Albany, New York. So oh, okay. um, we mm-hmm. get, we get some snow. We don't get as much as Syracuse and Buffalo. And I grew up there, so I know about mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but certainly mm-hmm. no fresh berries. Um, and I have, um, I've also taken bags of fresh cranberries when they're in season, cause they're only mm. in season for a short time. Right. And I just chuck them right in the freezer. And then when I make uh, like apple crunch, I just make apple cranberry crunch. And it's, um, you know, cranberries are healthy and they're good. Or I can use cranberries for making cranberry sauce or anything else. So what a nice treat. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you for sharing that. Do you grow your berries, Liz, or are you buying them and freezing them? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, hi. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we lost you there for a minute. I've grown small amounts of strawberries. I have a wildlife problem at this point. Mm-hmm. And I just think at this stage it would it would encourage them too much. So I have done strawberry. I've grown strawberries and I've grown um, like blackberries and raspberries mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. various times. But I'm not doing it right now. We live. I live close enough to um, berry production places, you know, farms that I can go yeah. buy mm-hmm. big amounts of them. And that's the trick. You buy big amounts and you freeze them and. And you right. get them like I always freeze blueberries and raspberries and strawberries. The raspberries are a little pricey, but I always freeze a few mm-hmm. um, and the raspberries and strawberries. And, and it works. The the you pick places are, are very nice, um, you know, and that's that's another alternative oh, yeah. um, for those who don't have the space to, to grow them. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they still want the experience of picking them. And oh, yeah, uh, it, it's fun. You know, I I enjoy strawberries, but um, I really would rather pick the raspberries. Um, f- number one, you you bend over; you don't have to squat down <laughs> to to do them because they're not as low to the ground. And and then it's 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 that treasure when you you find it. You know, it's like hunt 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 and find. You've got a lot of prickers. So, are you blind? I'm low vision, but right. but. Ours, uh, the variety we have, you know, you talk about um, thorns. Ours don't have thorns. They have little, little fine stickers, but um, I guess okay, I must have good. tough skin because. No, that's um, good. That's good. I do go to the pick your own. I haven't done it. I didn't do it last 
June, they suspended everything because of the sure. virus pandemic. But for those of you who wonder if a blind person can pick raspberries, I mean, uh, strawberries on their own, the answer is yes. It is not as perfect as if you can see which ones are the really ripe ones. But frankly, you can feel because yes. if they're not really, really ripe, they will not come off the stems easily. And I heard you talking about putting your hand under the berries um, to make sure they, they don't fall somewhere where you can't find them. Right. That works. The other thing is you take a small, a very small um, container with you, like a um, uh, like a pint um a round pint container of some kind. I don't know what mm -hmm. what would be mm -hmm. a round pint for you, but like one of those little, like a yogurt container, but shorter. Okay, you know, right. like the big. Okay, and you can put that under your hand so that you drop them right into it. Sure. And and then they, of course, they give you a bucket when you're doing the the picking. But mm -hmm. a lot of these places, you can buy like a whole tray with four or five quarts. You know, it's like six quarts, and then bring them home and freeze them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, farmers market are another good option. Uh, they, you can often get some good deals mm -hmm. on berries at a farmer's market. Yeah. Well, that it sounds like you are living in a nice corner of the world for getting <laughs> berries, Liz. Living in a place that produces, we have a lot of farm stands. If, if we don't actually have farmer's market right near me, well, we've got sort of mm -hmm. a mini one on, on weekends, but it's not... What we do have is a lot of farm stands. We've got a place that's an orchard and they do berries. So they do mm -hmm. fruit. And then we've got another place that's a farm and they do um, you know, vegetables and herbs and things. Now, the thing about it for me as a blind person is I need transportation to mm -hmm. get the berries or the whatever, because you can't really lug eight quarts of berries back in your backpack and have them stay in good shape. Mm -hmm. So you I might want to, you might want to take the cooler. Um, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Before we okay. do coolers, I'm not, <laughs> I don't even go over and travel and deal with it. I have, um, I've got it set up so I can get delivery and stuff. And yes, you could use a cooler and pack it all up and get public transportation. But the far, the farm stands are not on my, rural county transportation routes too okay. well so mm -hmm. it would be a lot so friends of mine and i have have got you know have got this set up so people help me and i give them some of the you know like i'll buy a tray i'll buy six quarts of strawberries and somebody will pick them up and i'll give them a quart and nice. that's a great you know, idea yeah, yeah. that's a good idea it means you know it really works well and different mm -hmm. people, people know I do this. Get a chest freezer. I really support chest freezers for people who can't get in their little car and drive because mm -hmm. that way, I mean, you can even, you can get rhubarb when it's in season and chop it up and, and right. freeze it in bags. You can get veggies in season. My freezer is full of veggies right now. And if it snowed 20 inches tomorrow, I've got half a dozen things frozen, you know, peppers and all kinds of stuff. And chest freezers are so, I mean, it's a, relatively low investment you can get a decent chest freezer for three hundred dollars and right. you will you, well, it's so valuable yeah well thank thank you so much liz you've really contributed a lot thank you and um yeah you don't have to grow them yourself you That's can right. def there are lots of options for lots of ways to enjoy them using berries yeah i did have a question i want to toss out there um, I have an aronia berry bush, 
And I, I don't know if anybody else out there grows aronia berries. Uh, mine is actually native to the Dakotas, according to the catalog. Well, they I've are. For, yeah, they grow wild there. Oh, good. So I'm well, going I to don't ask know you, that Zelda, they grow wild. Do do? <laughs> not, not in this. Not, I, I don't have any experience with the aronia berries. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But I do know a winery um, just near Fargo. <coughs> Excuse me. They, they do have the aronia berry. Do um, they they make wine with them? Yes, they do. Huh. I so I got this bush thinking I would have this nice healthy berry and they taste terrible. If you just pick one off and try to eat it, it's just awful. So you I you really must have to do something like juice them or make wine or maybe jam or jelly, but if anyone has experience with them and wants to speak up, I'd sure love to hear what you have to say because so far mine is mainly feeding the birds. Even my chickens don't care for the erroneous berries that much. Well, DJ Which has is, something to say. Okay. All right. Hi. Uh, yeah, I just came on. So, and, uh, and where you're talking about chest freezers and that. So I'm not ask. I'm going to ask my question, but I'm not, looking for you to have to repeat what may have already been said, but you may get, be able to give me a direction. And that is when I have frozen um, things like uh, bell peppers and things that were grown in our garden, uh, zucchinis, bell peppers, mostly summer type things, um, they don't always defrost very well. Uh, is there something I might do different? I have. I don't have a chest one. I have a upright, but I don't think that's of an issue here. Zelda, you're the preserving expert. Well, I would. Yeah, I would say like with peppers, um, you you can freeze them and use them to to cook with um, to put in um, things but I wouldn't expect to freeze them and thaw them and use them in a salad for oh. instance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same with, so. Uh, Liz has her hand up. Hi, I've been freezing peppers for years and my experience of doing it is you take the peppers, you cut them up, you put them on a grease cookie sheet. You, you may be doing this. So if you're doing it, it's a repeat. It's Okay. But you put them on a grease cookie sheet, the kind that has sides on it, because they'll redo, they'll do a little liquid. You put them yeah. in a preheated 375 oven, put them on a grease cookie sheet, leave them in there for, I don't know, you know, like 20 minutes or something. Basically, you want them to, the enzymes to stop, which means you want the heat to get at them. So depending on how much you like roasting your peppers, you leave them in there, and the more you leave them in there, the more they kind of break down a little bit and release liquid. Um, if you leave them in there for a while, they release a lot of liquid, and you, you pour off the liquid and save it and make sauce, you know, use it in your tomato sauce or something. But then after you've cooked them a little bit, then you can put them in bags, and I would suggest very small snack packs because you they break down a lot. Oh, and, uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. you can take them out and defrost them and chuck them into an omelet or your um, your sauces or a stew or chili or um, 
soup or something. And mm-hmm. I agree, they're probably not going to be ready, good enough for salad. But you probably could make decent salsa out of it, you know? You've got, if you use raw onion to get the raw texture part, I would think that, and maybe some raw parsley if you can get it in the winter, I would think the peppers would be fine. And I've done the same thing with poblanos, although with the poblanos, I just cut them in half. I don't chop them up too much. And I've done the same thing with um, the hotter peppers, but you have to wear gloves and it's kind of a nuisance because you Mm -hmm. really end up chopping them up, but you have to wear plastic gloves or you will burn your hand. Yes, I used to work in a clinic and we had a lady that came in with chemical burns from peppers. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So with freezing, uh, there are some things you can just toss in a bag and stick it in the freezer. But there are are also some vegetables that need to be blanched. Blanched, yeah. So it's a good idea to, it's a good idea to, you know, check out a, um, a guide and uh, make sure you're using whatever procedure that produce needs. And also, um, free, you're never going to get end up with a fresh result at the end. And freezing just changes the texture of yeah, the, yeah. the composition. So, so yeah. whether or not I blanch or uh, roast will make a difference with certain vegetables, I'm assuming. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I would definitely follow a guide. You know, see if okay. you can get a guide and and um, usually follow a where guide. they where they sell canning supplies, or or you could get that information, you know, off your computer too, uh, about blanching this or that or something else. And mm-hmm. and like Deborah says, um, you want to blanch some oh. things. Um, so that that cellular <coughs> structure does change, and and to prevent them from going ahead and and evolving in their in their in their process it kind of uh-huh. stops them in their tracks so that Got they it. don't continue to yeah. to mature yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there actually are two schools with with the peppers issue there are two schools two approaches i don't blanch peppers no, I don't um, cut them into strips and no, put I them in bags, yeah, and yeah. and uh, and they work great. And I don't expect to do anything more than to cook with them, and they defrost fine. And then you mm-hmm. cut them up more finely. But I, I other things I will like two minute blanch is real common on mm-hmm. beans and okra Peas. and that, and that yep. sort yep. of thing. But peppers, I never blanch. It's just no. it's, no, it's nice that it's easy. That, Something yeah. that's easy, it's you just very do it. Easy. And in, and in <laughs> fact, this. This last summer, I had I had tomatoes that I um, I simply would wash, core, and and throw in a, a gallon bag and and left the skins on, and and then as I've wanted to use them, say in chili or something, I would take out just the ones that I want, run them under the water, and that the the skins just come off. So it actually the skin has uh, acted as another. A layer of protection from protection. freezer burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deborah, and, your, well, your time's we, almost we, up. Yeah, we're just about there. And, yep. um, and the you have nice one hand left. Very, Thank you, I, you guys. Uh, I'm so sorry we can't get to the last person. Um, we do need to sign off here. Thank you, Zelda. Um, you can contact acb.home.garden.agriculture at gmail.com. Please let me know if you want to talk on a particular topic. 
um, related to living sustainably, keeping animals or growing plants. And thank you so much to everybody who called in today at next month's uh, Herbs and Herbore. And I think we are, that's a wrap. Any last words, Zelda? No, just just um, enjoy however you can get your produce, whether you grow okay. it yourself or you pick it or you get it at the store. Um, just Just enjoy. Yeah, lots of ways to get it and lots right. of ways to enjoy it. And exactly. that, that raspberry cheesecake, oh, my goodness. I'll be thinking about that for quite a while. Thank <laughs> well, you, you, Zelda. You have it, you have it in, the, in the cheesecake, and then you serve it with more of that raspberry sauce on it when you serve it. So, yeah, it's good. Oh, that's wicked. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, Donna, for your uh, hosting today. Sure. And um, I think... We are ready to say goodbye. Thanks, you guys. I'll be I'll be in touch. Bye. All right. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.